and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on the world's best internet radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the surprising 10th album from Death Cab for Cutie, Asphalt Meadows, which starts with a song called I Don't Know How I Survive. Like a lot of people in our mid-40s, I have a special place in my heart for the early Death Cab records on Barsook Records. And then sometime along the way, you know, lead vocalist Ben Gibbard married Zoe Deschanel, who was really awful. And they started, you know, just kind of having a more, doing something different with their sound. It didn't have the intimacy that I liked about the earlier records. And I just kind of lost track of them along the way. And honestly, the reason that I chose to listen to this album because I haven't listened to their last few was that the cover art is a shot on Bernal Hill. And so, you know, I was like, I, I at least need to listen to this once. And I was surprised because it's really good. It really um, spoke to me in a way that no Death Cab record for the past decade at least has. And I thought, you know, they're doing something different with their sound that kind of recaptures what I liked about the early records, but has a lot more oomph to the sound and it's more rockin' and I just really like it. Well, I feel like I'm going to be leaning on you a lot because Death Cab <laughs> is an, one of those bands that I never really got on the bandwagon mm-hmm. only to get off. <laughs> and uh, and thank you for going to the tabloid place. So I don't need to mention it, but yeah, he's obviously been at this for a long time and both personally and professionally had a hell of a ride and, you know, had the kind of either sellout or very smart move of getting his music out onto a very popular platforms and really, you know, leveraging that to have a big audience for music that is kind of weird. And maybe they went into a pop direction, but again, I didn't really watch the movie for most of its duration. <laughs> and so I'm coming in a little bit kind of fresh on this. And this song is so instantly engaging. I really love even just structurally, yeah, how it's this simple and this like simple little hand claps. And it is so kind of charming. This really loud wall of guitar sound, the layering in of the synth. So it becomes more and more intricate as it's just these simple sort of meditations on life is hard and we're getting through somehow and the repetition of I don't know how to survive, it becomes this call and response and then back to just whispering, whispering and it's quiet again. 
and it's emotional journey. It sounds fantastic. It's the level of polish and emotional energy is fantastic. It's great here. Yeah, this record is produced by John Congleton, who has a credits list a mile long. He's he's done so much work on records that we all know and love. And I think his touch, he has, you know, he kind of likes that distortion and grittiness. And I think he presumably had a great influence on the sound. And I think that might be most evident in the next track we're going to play, which is called Roman Candles. I watch the world from a window on a hill Everyone moving as I'm standing still I like here where we taught, had that first track, I Don't Know How to Survive, which was, or How I Survive, excuse me, which was, you know, I think it's kind of slow build. And this is the opposite of a slow build where it is out of the gate, super loud, super distorted. And yet what I love on sort of subsequent listens here is, well, yeah, the guitars and the drums are out of control, super dri- overdriven. And then his voice, eh, maybe a little reverb, bass sounds super clean. And so mm-hmm. I kind of appreciate how the different parts of the band are either beating over the head or really pretty restrained. And I think, yeah, he, he has such a high, pretty voice. And I really like the use of that contrast here. Yeah. And I think it's really close mic'd and so that it doesn't get drowned out by the instruments. Yeah. yeah I think he, he talked about uh, in an interview I listened to where it's like, Oh, a lot of these songs were kind of a little more patient and, you know, that I think he's aware of like, hey, I'm a for- mid forties guy and we're really mature, band coming doing our 10th album and i think he was very much like we have to do one song that's just a barn burner like that's super fast and aggressive mm-hmm. and that's this song and then i think he brought it to john congleton he says like oh yeah i can actually make this even louder and crazier <laughs> yeah and and then they took it to lance bangs for the music video and then he said yeah i can make this a little crazier <laughs> and fire fireworks at your heads well yeah it's just in the video there are fireworks going off in the background and they have gas masks on which is very cute yeah so it is it is And I think what's great is I think in some ways it's that same kind of emotional territory of the first track Mm -hmm. of, you know, just life is tough. And it seems like just getting through the day, it gets seems to get harder and harder. And the things that sustained you maybe aren't sustaining you as well anymore. But here it's not just this. It's not thoughtful. It's just pure energy. And it's fantastic. Yeah, I think part of why this record speaks to me is that Ben Gibbard is about our age. And I, you know, a lot of these themes are themes that resonate with me. In particular, this song, you know, I take it as, you know, there's a Buddhist phrase about, you know, taking things with an open hand, meaning, 
not grabbing onto them because everything is impermanent. And so, you know, even something that's great, you just let it sit on your open palm and you know that eventually it will go away. And I feel like that's a lot of the themes in this record is like, I tried to like hold on to these things that I've just learned to let go of and yeah. found a better peace of mind. Yeah, except not, I'm gonna, I can't hold on to this cause it's, I'm gonna, it's gonna fade away or fall. And in this case, I don't wanna hold on to this cause it's gonna explode in my hand. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. So the next song we'll play is the title track, Asphalt Meadows. You set all your bridges in rows. They all lead to an airport. Planes drifting off into the sky. Always depart but never seem to arrive. And there in the early hour, lying naked in your arms. I was thinking of how to tell you what my ticket read. Your kiss was a lonely prayer, a single candle slowly burning down. But the light, your light was beautiful, within well, it's here and now. We are on a wave of white noise. Beneath the city sleeping I saw the train doors closing I felt your sorrow deepen Here in the asphalt meadows There's only one thing that grows Finding the light through the concrete Getting trampled under our feet We rode a wave of white noise Beneath the city sleeping Ben Gibbard has talked, uh, again, I listened to a pretty good interview where he really got about this phrase, Asphalt Meadows, and what that meant to him. And that it was about how he, you know, looks at cities from a distance and how there's this beauty to them. Like if you're flying over them or, for instance, looking down on them from Bernal Hill <laughs> and that it's in some ways the same kind of beauty of seeing a beautiful meadow and mm. that it's... Yeah, up in the up in the wilderness and that you go into it and you really enjoy it and you can love being there and yet just like the meadow when you look underneath has like insects and vermin and so does the city in a way have its kind of dark side and i think in this song he talks about like that he himself being like a snake under the flowers mm -hmm. in the city and so it's this kind of imagery and then like well what does it really mean and t it it feels like like a lot of the songs on this record, it it has a deep kind of sense of loss and nostalgia. This real feeling of like, oh, when I was young and in the city and it was live and new and exciting and it was kind of dirty, but I it was a, I, I really was part of it and I was part of making the city what it was. And then we kind of get more contemplative and it's like, oh, well, this is a place that people are leaving and not coming to. And it's mm. it's it gets very sad. And then this incredibly energetic, melodic chorus. And it's it's this super energetic, yet with these dark harmonies. And then I love how this chorus then repeats and it gets more urgent. And then the harmonies actually become brighter and more major key. And it, there's a certain kind of hopefulness in it. And I don't know if it's earned, but it really, it speaks to me. It's, it's a really great song. Yeah, the percussion is so propulsive. And the the kind of minor key riffs that, that seem... It seems like the 
vocals and some of the elements are a little bit off beat or a little bit ahead of the beat and it just gives it an off kilter feeling along with those minor key elements that it's it has the feeling of being unsettling when i hear it yeah that it has this little bit of a like this mixture of like almost like a very processed 80s drum sound Mm -hmm. and then a really warm guitar sound that anchors these choruses and it's so it has brightness it has darkness it has this sense of loss but also a sense of hope and maybe like restoration and renewal and it's i think a a great choice of title track and i think it brings the record together even as yeah there is this darkness and kind of nostalgia and sense of loss and i think that really comes through on the next track we'll play which is called here to forever oh these days it's so hard to relax you gotta hold a gun to my back to make me smile to make me smile and the only way i seem to cope is by trying to hold on to hope if just for a while if just for a while favorite track on the record well this and wheat like waves but it's what i really love about it is the way the interlocking guitar lines just really move the song forward and create so much energy and the lyrics are you know a little bit of a cliche topic of you know how do you find meaning in life when you're not religious and like what is it that is like you know bringing meaning to the universe but i think the way that he phrases it is really clever and interesting and it didn't make me roll my eyes like I I really related to it yeah I think he you know he clearly has a bit of a sense of humor about it and this this uh, I I love the anecdote of like oh yeah I I watched a lot of Criterion Channel during the pandemic and then my wife and I would just look at each other and like all these people are dead when you're watching (laughs) these movies from the 50s and it's like to have that sense of like oh wow yeah we live in this time is long and we're short and but yeah he says it with this incredible sincerity and which his voice is so well suited to that just that highness and the sweetness and it just drips sincerity and yet to have this kind of little bit of a wink and a little bit of a kind of yeah uh, these little twists and I, I love the feeling of God or whatever like yeah. that there there is this sense of self-deprecation that I think takes the edge off and just makes it completely approachable and it, it sounds great I love this little instrumental section we hear and that it then comes back with one last triumphant and I, to the extent that you can call a chorus of I don't believe in God that kind of sucks but I still don't yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah but he, he sells it yeah, I think what really 
sucked me in to the earlier Death Cab albums was just his voice is so warm and relatable and there's some there's a quality to it that really makes it it, like the way he pronounces words it's just very like it felt feels like someone talking in your ear and I think adding that to the more propulsive sound elements on this record is what really made it made me like it yeah so I think we come here from this track which is uh so I think approachable and warm to a song that is I think in some ways huge and sprawling and almost a little off-putting but in its way a, a kind of triumph and it's called foxglove through the clear cut and now he and i watch the foxglove grow through the clear cut where a forest once grew high and wild for what is a funeral without flowers there is towards the end of the song and it doesn't really give the spoken words part justice because that's kind of the bulk of the song but I really wanted to capture the way those muscular guitars come in at the end and just explode it just gives such heft to the song yeah well the I mean the sound here is such a merging of different very 90 sounds between that spoken word section that almost feels like it could be on a King Missile record. And then this super like kind of shoegazy, almost like, yeah, sludgy metal guitar sound. But really like high tone. Like I feel like all the guitar lines are really clear. There's both. There's like a real ultra muscular and then, you know, high screeching and playing together and I'm, I'm making it sound unpleasant. But no, it sounds fantastic. But it is, yeah, calling back to when Ben Gibbard would have been in the very beginning of his career. And I like an interview where he said, like, oh, yeah, this song really takes me back to when we weren't driving in a tour bus. We were driving in a tour van. (laughs) And, yeah, the sense of being out and and this image of, yeah, that you have a the the clear cut area and then the flowers grow up. And it's like, oh, these flowers are pretty, but you also realize what was lost and that you can hold both ideas at the same time the sense of loss and the sense of beauty at the same time yeah and i i like you know the spoken word part of the song covers a lot of heavy topics about american colonialism and you know resource mining and kind of what we've lost along the way to american growth and the guitars like just give so much more force to that message because it's you know Ben Gibbard's voice is very high and clear and it's just kind of this soft spoken word and then just the guitars really like 
drive it home. Yeah, it's a truly epic kind of centerpiece of the record because I think this is the middle track. It's the last track on the first side on the LP. And I think it really oh. sets the kind of this high point of energy. And I think, you know, there, it, we never quite get this level of epic sound, but I think there's a lot of energetic stuff to come. And I am a big fan, I think, of the really dark energy that comes on the next track we'll play. It's called I Miss Strangers. So yet another song that it's in this through line of rather severe nostalgia, where clearly this thinking back to being desperate, uh, battle, work, fighting in the punk wars and living, you know, out of your car and being just a desperate musician. And it's got this really propulsive energy, super dark. And I don't know what about it really pulls me in, even as it's kind of cheesy nostalgia. And then that's completely balanced against these choruses that are so hopeful about I miss strangers more than I miss friends which is a weird sentiment and yet I think is so perfect for this I don't know if it's a late pandemic but it's sort of not early pandemic where it's like oh yeah we're seeing our friends again but are you going to as many shows as you used to go to probably well and also I just don't encounter people that I don't know like I go out to see my friends and then but it's not like we're going to parties where there are a bunch of people I don't know that I talk to yeah and so I feel like yeah the pandemic has us kind of thinking back on like well what are the things that that are important what what is it that we're missing and it's that we're at this point where it's like yeah I miss the chaos I miss the dirt I miss and and it's like yeah these things that's like yeah being in a crowd is it's scary now. It sucks. So yeah, I, I miss it. He misses it. This song speaks to me and it's got such a wonderful range of sounds of this dark verses, these wide open choruses. And then this bridge that it's like a minute and a half of just reach out and feeling this cosmic energy. There's a lot going on here. And uh, yeah, I've, maybe it's a little cheesy, but it really spoke to me. Yeah. And that, that like expansive kind of instrumental is the full last third of the song. Uh, yeah, I mean, it comes back to the chorus at yeah. the end, but yeah, that it does really take up a big chunk of the song. Yeah. Um, so next we'll go to one of my favorite tracks on the record, We Like Waves. You talked of your kid, how frightened you'd been when she almost died. With tears in your eyes, but I could not pretend. To comprehend the depths of that kind of love As a childless man There's so little time So many miles to drive Before the endless sleep 
never would have thought life was so long that we'd be growing old with stories untold you were kindled by the dials on the dashboard your tattoos like the stamps upon your of the songs on this record this song has just a really simple structure it's just two choruses uh, two verses and then a repeated chorus and then some instrumentals but it like it spoke to me with the nostalgia in such a powerful way because it's this image of just going on a road trip with an old friend and you know recognizing that like we I never thought we would be this old and and that's something that always really resonates with me yeah, well, to me, it's it seems like it's kind of reconciling. The, there is this through line of nostalgia on the record. In fact, you know, we're talking about this '90s accord with the mishmash doors, and it's like this probably that hatchback that he had all of the stuff in the last song we talked about, <laughs> and yet, and it feels almost like well, you wouldn't still be driving that, and so it's almost like combining this, remembering a 20 years ago road trip. And then imagining a now road trip and it's like it's it's taking the nostalgia and the present and like imagining how you were at that age, imagining how you are now. And yeah, that that distortion of time and uh, of simultaneously feeling young and looking out at you know driving across Canada as wide open with possibility and seeing your own mortality and looking. I just love I mean, it's corny as hell but you know like the tattoos like the stamps on your passport is a catchy lyric corny as hell but ben gibbard sells it yeah and yeah yeah it just like oh yeah now you have kids and now you have all these responsibilities and ben gibbard a little bit like you know the same like it's weird to be middle-aged and have a lot of friends who have kids and you don't you're just like well i I can't really imagine what it's like but oh my god i imagine it must be crazy <laughs> that went in a real direction. Well, no, I feel like it's just it's covering so much ground yeah. emotionally. Yeah, and and I think that's what I like about this album as a whole is it's it's really emotionally resonant. The songs are really catchy. There's a lot of interesting instrumentation. I love the John Congleton production, and I love the sentiment that's behind this kind of being in your 40s and looking back at your life and like what it means to you and you know, taking the nostalgia wish with you and holding on to like what is important to move forward with and letting go of what's not. Yeah. I I think that there is for, and for all of that nostalgia, I think it is, there's a through line of joy and I I can have, whenever Ben Gibber talks in interviews, he, you get this clear sense of, of sheer gratitude that he's like, I am just so lucky that I get to be a musician and this is my career and I'm still able to keep doing it. And we're 10 albums in and that sense of gratitude and joy goes through all of this. And so, which is good because otherwise this record I think would be a real downer because of its (laughs) overwhelming nostalgic weight. But yeah, there is this sense of hope. There is this sense of like, yeah, let's carry on and, I think, yeah, as we come to this record, we're sort of reconciling past and present and starting to look like, hey, we're not done yet. And that, yeah, I think we do 
that, that yeah that this band is looking to the future they're not just looking backwards yeah i mean this record certainly made me want to hear their next record which is not how i have felt about this band in a long time yeah and i think it really is summed up where as you know we're coming into the end of this uh, episode and we're going to play the last track and it has this incredibly upbeat energy and this really positive title that's just i'll never give up on you and it is a little surprising but i think it makes sense as sort of the end point of this journey like we've looked in the past and we've gotten through it and like no we're not giving up we'll keep going and we're gonna do the best we can and keep making whatever art or we do in our lives (laughs) well i think that's a good place to end it Um, You've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening. And we've been discussing Death Cab for Cutie's 10th album, Asphalt Meadows. And the last song is called... I'll Never Give Up On You. (laughs) Thank you for listening. I've given up on aspiration And I've given up on ever being cool Drugs and made me restless All on the alcohol that made me cruel But I'll BFF.FM Podcast Network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.